Hello, people of the void. You're listening to Fairy Tale, Folklore, and Fuckery. Each week, I will be choosing a random country in the world and talking about a fairy tale, folk tale, or a fucked up story I found about the country. This week, we'll be delving into the country of Grenada. Not Grenada, but Grenada. I was saying it wrong in my head for like a week until I heard the author of our fairy tale today say it, and it really messed me up. But as per usual, I really truly know nothing about these countries. I hardly even know about their existence sometimes. Grenada is a small isle known as the Spice Isle of the Caribbeans. It is one of one large island with six itty bitty islands around it. Now the top three fun facts I learned. Number one, they have the first underwater sculpture park with over 65 statues that people can actually scuba dive and go look at and touch. I think that's super cool because it's made out of concrete and rebar, which is like a huge bar that they place inside the concrete to reinforce it. The coolest part of it all is that it doesn't even hurt the natural environment at all, so you can still see all of the tropical fish and coral. The next cool thing I learned about it was that this island literally only has three traffic lights, which is insane. I can't even imagine America like that. Hell, I can't even think about Farmville, Virginia having three traffic lights. We would never even survive. This third one, this really cool, fun third fact that I learned, is actually a miniature fairy tale. So, in Grenada, they have a lake called the Grand Etang, which is at the center of an extinct volcano, and it is also known as a bottomless lake which the locals actually claim to be the home, the Loch Ness Monster, and the beautiful mermaids that lure men to their graves. And you're probably wondering how they know it's bottomless. Well, uh, Sonar couldn't even locate it. But that was only one website. When I actually looked it up on Google, it said it was 20 feet under? It said it was 20 feet, which actually is super deep. That's also a pretty cool place to visit because it's a really remote location. But also I totally could believe that the Loch Ness Monster lives there. But it would also be a really far way to travel for Nessie because that's Scotland and Granada are on complete opposites of the Atlantic Ocean. So fun fact. But anyways, the fairy tale for this week is called The Nutmeg Princess. Now, a little backstory here. The author, Ricardo Keynes Douglas, grew up and became a famous storyteller, and he's written many books, he's won a lot of awards, but one day after one of his readings, a little dark-skinned girl came up to him, and this is like his exact words. She said, don't you know any fairy tales with a black princess? And he had to actually think about it, and he couldn't, so he decided to come up with one. And this is when he created the Nutmeg Princess in 1992. And according to some websites, it actually became a true Granada fairy tale. He combines the elements of the older Caribbean legends with this story, so that's really cool. The tale begins with a little old witch lady living in the mountains called Petite Mama. She was four feet and five inches tall. She had deep bug eyes with a laugh that could fill the air like earthly thunder, according to the tale. She was a strong little old lady, and no one could tell her what to do at all and she lived with tons of fruit trees around her. And when they were in season, she would travel down the mountain to sell them. But no one would buy from her because they thought she was a witch. But she didn't care at all. She then tells a tale of how 
way past her fruit trees, there was her favorite crop, the nutmeg trees. Side note, the reason it's nutmeg is because this is what Grenada is known for. Um, it's known as the Spice Island. But past the tree, there's a bottomless lake. Remember the one from the fun fact? Yeah, that's the same one. And she says that a young black woman lives there, and she's known as the Nutmeg Princess because she would only appear when the nutmeg is in bloom. She's gorgeous, like Holly Bailey gorgeous, like the new Little Mermaid type of gorgeous, which is really funny that this is coming out and I found the Nutmeg Princess because it's, it's very similar. Um, you have a lovely black mermaid that ends up getting a ton of hate from the town, but more on that later. So she has hundreds of little braids with dewdrops that look like diamonds. She floats on bamboo in the lake, singing a song, and then like a ghost, she's gone. P.T. Mama was the only one who's seen her, so everyone thought she was lying and never believed her. Well, in the town, there was this little black boy named Aglo, and his BFF forever was a cute little girl named Petal, and their favorite activity was reading books together. Aglo was never afraid of Petite Mama, and would always be nice to her, and she would always be really nice back, giving him fruit and even a book one time. God, I wish someone would give me a book. It would just be make my entire night. Aglo then decided that he wanted to go visit Petit Mama, and when he got there, he told her he wanted to go see the mermaid princess because the nutmeg was beginning to bloom. And she told him that he had to get up at 4 a.m. and told her all the ways of how to get there. Remember, through the fruit trees, past the nutmeg tree, all the way to the bottomless lake? Yeah, that way. And so he ran down the mountain as fast as he could to go tell Petal. And she was all on board, of course, until she heard 4 a.m. And she said, why are we getting up at 4 a.m.? But she still ended up going. But honestly, same, because I don't know who has the energy to get up at the butt crack of dawn for a hike. But obviously she agreed, and so they traveled the next day. And then they sat at the old red rowboat right by the lake and waited. As they waited, Aglo saw her. And Petal didn't, and Petal was just, Aglo, where is she? What's going on? And Aglo basically was like, I still see her. And Petal was like, yeah, that's cool, but I want to see her too. There was really no fixing that. After that, of course, like every annoying child does, they will run and tell their parents everything. So Aglo and Petal ran all the way back down the mountain and ran through town and told everybody of what they saw. But of course, no one believed them because there's two little kids. But the funniest part of the story is that when Aglo told his dad, his dad just asked him if he ate food. And when Aglo said no, he said, well, that's why. So he was basically implying that the mermaid princess was a complete hallucination. And then this is the part I don't get, because if you didn't believe them, then why are you going to put in all this work? The whole town was scoffing and sneering and was like, maybe we should check this out ourselves. So they all left at 4 a.m., which again, disgusting, and they followed Aglo to this lake, which, okay, fine, but also how did Aglo not see his whole village basically behind him walking? I don't understand, but it did. They follow him for three days. Every single morning, Aglo would go up there to go try to see her again with Petal, and the whole village followed him for three days, and on the third day... They hatched a plan to steal her and all her diamonds from her hair to become rich. On the third day, Aglo saw her. The whole town jumped out and decided to try and go get her. 
But of course, no one saw her. So then, one dumbass was like, yo, he saw the raft moving, and this guy was like, yo, I could literally go get that myself. And then of course, everybody decided to jump into the lake and go try to get the get the diamonds but she kept moving backwards so no one could and then they all decided that this isn't worth it and left the lake and then went home so good on her but honestly if I were that mermaid I would have drowned them all by now because everybody's just being so annoying but instead she decided to sing a little sad song and they all decided to leave the little mermaid signaled to Algo because again he's the only one that can see her and him and Petal decided to take that little old rowboat and try to make it all the way out there to the bamboo where she was at and as they get out there with this little old rowboat it decides to sink and then they were stuck and poor Algo did not know how to swim so Petal being the selfless little friend that she is even though she can't even see the little mermaid she was like I got you I will swim us to her and th she did. When they got to the bamboo leaf, Petal actually ended up seeing the princess because she stood up and waved her hair around and all the diamonds went into the sky and one landed directly on Petal. And that's when Petal was able to see her. The mermaid then told Petal that the only reason she was able to see her is because she did something selfless and she wasn't selfish. Then they both saw her and she told them not to be selfish and to believe in themselves like any good fairy tale would. Then they got to land and of course went to run and tell P.T. Mama, but she was gone. And this is where the story stops making sense. P.T. Mama left a letter to a lawyer and she left her whole estate to them. All the fruit trees, all the nutmeg trees. It was insane. And of course these kids are like eight or nine, so I'm just baffled at how you think they're capable of being able to take care of the estate. And obviously they have parents because a dad was mentioned, Agla's dad was mentioned in the book. So why do you think they wouldn't intervene and just decide to take that? And then it's obviously all back in selfish hands. But I don't understand. But at the end of the tale, the Nutmeg Princess and Petite Mama were never seen again. So moral of the story, don't be selfish. Alrighty. Up next, we have the folktale. So before we begin, I want to give a little disclaimer thing. So the folklore of this country is so vast because it, all throughout the Caribbean, these tales twist and intertwine with other tales of old. So this story that I'm going to tell today, um, I saw a couple of places where this originated from, from Martinique to Trinidad and Tobago. So it largely is possible that Martinique was the place of origin because of this specific story um, because many French settlers came to this island and this is and before I give away who it is her appearance in clothing style um, is very synonymous with the French Antilles so if you're wondering why I never said Grenada was a place it originated but why I'm still using this um, it's because I'm in really muddy territory right now and most of these tales were passed down orally from generation to generation and because Grenada, 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 Grenada was a country that was conquered by French and British and they were part of the Caribbean, it makes sense that these West African folklore 
um, with mixed with French would infiltrate them. So I'm still deciding to use this story because there are multiple ways to tell it. And because it's told orally, things change depending on the culture. So in Grenada, it's different than it would be in any other West African country. But truly, I had to make a decision that if I wanted to do this story, this sets the precedent that I can do stories that are outside of the country. But if the story has some meaning for it, uh, some meaning and like, I can find a part of the story that's from the country I'm talking about, I'll be using. So that's what we're gonna do today. So today's folktale is about La Diblies, or the Devil Woman. Some say she's an elderly woman, others say she's a half-woman, half-demon, and others say she's a seductive young beauty. Some say she is dressed in ancient clothing since she's been alive for centuries, others say that she's dressed in a bright turban that is made from Island's Madras. From the Island's Madras. Camise, aka lingerie, with half sleeve and much embroidery lace, of course with trembling pins of gold in a language I'm not going to try to say or I'll mess this up really badly. But all of these different tales can all agree on one thing, that if you walk down an abandoned road at night, be careful, because she will slip out from behind a tree and lure you to your death by making you fall off a cliff, drown in the sea, or attack you with animals. But the way you can tell if it is the Jablis is by her feet. Because depending on who's telling the story, some say that she has one cow hoof or two. But she only comes out on full moon nights. Another tale says that she loved attending Bel Air dances, and after the festivities, when young guys would make advances, she would encourage her victim to follow her home. Then as she leads him to a precipice, that she would suddenly transform herself into a huge hog. If, however, the young guy knows the ropes, he would pick two sticks up and make a cross, at which time she would disappear. Another version says that another way to get rid of her would be by taking off all your clothes, turning them inside out, and putting them back on, which will apparently protect you. Side note, I think she would just kill you when your clothes are off, because she is a literal demon but okay I don't even understand how you're gonna be able to take off all your clothes that fast and put them back on that sounds kind of physically impossible but okay that's just one way another way is by lighting a match because she's afraid of fire so one way she became the woman was as legend has it she used to be a real person however after making a pact with the devil she turned into an ugly hag of course people still find her attractive because she's hidden away in all her gold and lingerie but the devil also cursed her with the hoof so some tales say that she specifically walks in the grass to keep it hidden so she can still lure the men in another legend has it that she was in love but obviously she got heartbroken and because of this grief, she ran away and into the forest and got lost and eventually died, in quotation marks, because clearly she didn't die, she just made a deal with the devil. Rumors were told that she became a demon because of her affliction and wanted to kill or harm men in the same manner she died, because she blames the person who broke her heart, according to 
Under the Cotton Tree, Tales of Trinidad and Tobacco Folklore. Finally, the fucked up story. So today's special messed up story was actually another folktale. Because this small country has so many orally passed down stories, it was difficult to pick just one, so I found another really messed up one. It is about the Lagahu. The Lagahu, according to different orally passed down stories, can be spelled differently depending on each culture and depending on what it does. But most of the cultures agree that the Lagahu is a shapeshifter. In some tales, he is a man who sold his soul for the ability to change into an animal, and in others, he is a shapeshifter that can only change into a werewolf, or in others, he is a man that has the power of nature to change into whatever animal he wants. So it depends on which culture and where you're hearing it that you'll hear it somewhere differently. In some tales, he is a man who sold his soul for the ability to change into an animal. This would allow him to kill and not worry about being caught, which is quite terrifying to think about. In others, he is a man by day and a shapeshifter by night, and he is either a headless man or a dog, which are both quite terrifying. At least, you know, we're following the theme of Halloween here with the headless horseman and all that. But the Lagahu is mostly found in Trinidad or Haiti. Um, again, not Granada, but similar to De Blaise, I, we are in muddy territory with this one, so we're going to keep going with it. But he roams the night, often dragging a coffin of souls behind him in large chains wrapped at his waist. And if he approaches you, you'll see him flicking a whip, which again is quite terrifying. He feeds on livers of any human or animal that crosses his path. Some stories say the only known way to defeat the Lagahu is with holy water or holy oil, which I think is quite true for any of these mystical beings. But those are all the stories we have today. I hope you tune in next week. Who knows what the country will be? Certainly not me. All sources are in the description below and I highly suggest you check out Under the Cotton Tree, The Tales of Trinidad and Tobacco Float.